What's up, Ego Hackers? This is the C.S. Joseph Podcast. I'm your host, C.S. Joseph, and this is Season 25, Episode 4. It's been a while since I've done an episode for Season 25. There's only two episodes left. It's pretty short season, just like Season 5, which talks about compatibility, also known as cognitive synchronicity, uh, to a point where it's just like, okay, it's pretty fast subject, five episodes, no big deal, right? Well, it's no different for this season. And since it's the uh, end of the year here in 2021, or at least uh, the beginning of a new one very soon, depending on your uh, belief set, but uh, it's just important to do some house uh, housekeeping. So I'm going to be finishing up uh, some seasons that haven't been finished so that we can go headlong right into the new content, which is going to be pretty significant. I even have a small preview for you folks. The whiteboard is coming back. Just not in this particular episode, but uh, I'm going to be finishing out season 24 as well. We'll be doing a lot of episodic content for the podcast and for the YouTube channel, similar to what we're doing for the members at csjoseph.life forward slash members, where we have all of our private content. So <clears throat> season 25 is about cognitive asynchronicity. We've been talking about camaraderie and why is camaraderie actually important? It's so funny to me because the majority of people out there that I meet within the CSJ community or the MBTI blogosphere is utilizing Myers-Briggs type indicator or Jungian analytical psychology, socionics, uh, objective personality system, all these kinds of things to, yeah, sure, identify their own type and know more about themselves. But the reality of the situation is, is they wanna utilize this science of Jungian analytical psychology to basically identify uh, or easier to identify people that they can have sexual relationships with. And this is no different from men or women. They all do it. And at the end of the day, it seems to be the actual primary focus as to why anyone bothers to get into this science. The thing is, is that when it comes to sexual relationships, uh, oftentimes people are not willing to get into sexual relationships without having, uh, you know, two opposing things uh, on a spectrum that they're kind of seeking out when it comes to relationships. And the first and foremost is sexual tension. Sexual tension itself is what creates uh, sexual interest, which leads to the act of sex. And then after the act of sex, you are you have closeness, which is the other side. The closer you are to somebody, the less sexual desire you actually have for them. Uh, so, <laughs> which kind of sucks if you think about it in terms of monogamous relationships, because um, if you're monogamous, you're often very close, which means your sexual attraction will go down. Uh, so you have to create sexual tension in some capacity within the context of a monogamous relationship. A lot of people don't know that. My source on that is Mating in Captivity by Esther Peril. Please check that out if you care to. I don't, uh, I agree with her um, analysis and research on identifying the problem and explaining the problem, but in terms of her recommendations on how to solve that problem, I staunchly disagree with her. Um, but regardless, it's still a good read and Esther Peril is an excellent, um, or Esther Perel, I, I don't know how to say, say her, uh, 
uh, surname. But regardless, it's an excellent read for those of you that want to read. It should be at csjoseph.life forward slash reading. If it is not at csjoseph.life forward slash reading, please open a ticket by emailing support at csjoseph.life so we can get that fixed. Also, if you have any recommendations on how to make that webpage like not as visually ugly, please include that in your ticket. I'd appreciate it. Always collecting feedback on how terrible things look around here. That being said, uh, so when it comes to relationships, like people just really undervalue camaraderie. And this is just something that I'm going to insert here within season 25 that a lot of people don't really get and probably will not understand. Because, you know, it's interesting that, you know, certain episodes are really, really popular on this YouTube channel compared to others. And it's episodes like these that are not very popular. And these episodes that are not popular are the most important ones because they have the most important information in them where you'll start learning about, you know, why camaraderie is actually important, especially when it comes to sexual relationships. But camaraderie actually creates sexual tension. If you think about it, camaraderie is a source of sexual tension. That means that you will have a much better sexual relationship. If you have a relationship that's all about synchronicity or compatibility, versus camaraderie and asynchronicity, you're going to have a big problem because like like, like I say for the golden pair, it's the highest highs, but it's the lowest lows. And within the lowest lows, the reason why there are the lowest lows is because you ultimately enable each other's ego investments. And that is a problem. Golden pair, silver pair, uh, bronze pair, uh, enigma relationships. Enigma is basically super ego relationships. Um, those tend to enable more than disable. Those tend to end up providing a lot of closeness in relationships, uh, whereas they don't, uh, they don't have um, uh, enough tension. So what I like to do uh, when it comes to cognitive functions, when it comes to my sexual relationships, I like to have sexual relationships. This is my preference. Um, not saying that I, because I, I don't limit myself. I, I don't limit myself whatsoever in terms of sexual relationships. That is uh, in terms of like, you know, a woman's age or, uh, you know, I mean, I have a few requirements, but like, I don't, I don't really limit myself or culture, skin color. No, I mean, like, uh, both of uh, the mothers of my children, I mean, like, they're they're exotic basically they're they're not just they're not white people like myself like for example so that's just kind of the direction that i go like like my wife is not caucasian by any stretch of the word she ain't she's not anglo-saxon etc but um, within sexual relationships, I've noticed that like there's a lot of enabling and that enabling can lead to a lack of sexual desire. And this is one of the values of asynchronicity. I know in previous episodes within this, uh, you know, season uh, 25, I've been talking about uh, various other values, you know, for camaraderie or cognitive asynchronicity because they're the same. But uh, I really wanted to touch on sexuality in this particular episode because we're starting to talk about decision-making functions, decision-making uh, cognitive axes. And since this is episode four, we're going to talk about introverted feeling and extroverted thinking. And the reason why it's important to mention here is that, like, 
This is one of the reasons why I maintain the pedagog relationship is probably the penti ultimate, if not the ultimate sexual relationship a person can be in. Because you allow yourself to have maximum synchronicity, maximum compatibility with your perception functions, which is where sexuality really needs to be. You need to have that sexual compatibility with somebody uh, to really get it on, to make it long lasting. However, by having decision-making incompatibility, decision-making asynchronicity, decision-making uh, functions, uh, judgment functions, uh, camaraderie, you are introducing tension within your relationship. And it's that tension that really helps keep things going within the relationship. This is why it's my personal opinion that yes, while the bronze pair technically is the type that people marry the most and stay married to the longest, um, but in terms of having a relationship that's absolutely sexual, very passionate, and a lot long lasting, and in my opinion has even better sex than golden pairs, I, I have to maintain that if sexuality is one of your uh, uh, top um, top things in your life, definitely go for the pedagogue. The pedagogue, I've just recently realized, is like is the way to go. Period. End of story. And uh, it, it's not only are they in a different temple as you, but uh, they still have the highest sexual compatibility with you but then they have low decision-making, low judgment compatibility, which creates camaraderie within the relationship. So you have a nice balance of synchronicity and asynchronicity within the relationship. That way, sexual tension never goes away, yet you still can be close. And you can kind of go in and out of that throughout your relationship. And then you will end up having probably the most passionate relationship, especially sexually, that you as a human being can have in your life. That's not to say that you should not have sexual relationships of other types. I highly recommend you do. And I also recommend that, like me, that you don't limit yourself. I don't limit myself. That means if I'm going to have a sexual relationship with an ISTJ, I just might. Like, I'm not going to limit myself. Sure, I have preferences. Like, uh, you know, like, I, I, I love Wayfarers. I love Templars a lot. I mean, those are, you know, my, my you know, and out of the Templars, I... I, I like all of them. I, I like I like all the Templars. Uh, in the Wayfarers, I, I have to admit, I like all of them. I, I just do. So I, I definitely don't limit myself in terms of extroverted sensors. But then introverted sensors, uh, no thank you to INPs. Uh, and honestly, if there isn't any like FIT, so basically probably just an ISTJ, maybe the only uh si user that i may engage in a sexual relationship with because at least they have and maybe an isfj so like basically si heroes because they're at least their se is a nemesis but that's that's the that's like that's my limit so so i guess i do technically limit myself on the introverted sensing side um so basically those two sjs but anyone else i, I really i'm just not interested um you know like that's that's just about it um but only, you know, for the sake of variety and maybe there's familiar reasons, economic reasons, who knows. Um, 
the thing is, is that I'm part of the heart temple and you know what? The heart just wants what it wants. So when it wants something, I'm not going to stop it because why limit myself in this life? Life sucks enough already. Life is pain enough already. So why am I going to limit myself uh, of my own enjoyment and my own happiness as a man in this society, in this life, when I already have nothing to lose anyway, the deck is already stacked against me anyway, so why do I care? I, the, the answer is I just don't. I just, I'm gonna live my life and I don't give a damn. So just remember, there is some value to camaraderie when it comes to sexuality. And I have to call out a lot of people, especially the INTJ and ENTJ women of the CSJ community. I'm gonna call you out because for some reason, Y'all think the golden pair is the absolute best of the best. And yes, technically on paper it is, but it is not without a lot of pitfalls. Just like the bronze pair is not without a lot of pitfalls. So based on those pitfalls, I really, really need you folks to stop only considering your golden pair. I don't know what it is about these NTJ women where they will only, when it comes to like men in their life, they will only want to be with their... Um, with their golden pair and like that's just you know a really really rough situation you know you don't want to be that woman that leaves their bronze pair uh leaves a bronze pair which is a really good relationship only to get with a golden pair and then have it just blow up in their face afterwards and then they lose everything in the process because they cheated because they're being hypergamous and uh yeah that's that's a really bad situation, right? I don't care if they're in development phase. You, like women, you need to be responsible for your hypergamy, like seriously. So that's why I recommend that women don't have very many sex partners because if they have a really good sex partner, that really good sex partner becomes the precedent for the rest of their life. And if they get into any other man who doesn't meet or exceed that precedent, they will be unhappy, which will lead to divorce and destroyed families and all of that. Another reason to have camaraderie within your relationship. Folks, a lot of people on this channel wonder why I married an ESTP. And the reason why is, is because she is an extremely challenging woman to be in a relationship with. It's like this constant tug of war between her where we end up having a lot of, between us, we have a lot of tension. We can be close, we have a lot of tension and the tension is always there. We just TI parent, each other constantly but we have a good uh you know really good uh you know sexual encounters between the two of us which is also important and it's nice to have that pedagogue relationship with her subconscious as she explores her subconscious more it's it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing and you know the challenge that she provides makes me sharper as a person and as a man a lot it makes me a lot wiser which allows me to produce better content for you folks so it's not about me saying that she is the best. It's not about being the best. It's more about she's what I needed at the time. And oftentimes she continues to meet my needs and, you know, produce the sexual tension that we need to keep our relationship going. That's fantastic. Because without it, then, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be interested in having a sexual relationship with anymore, which is really important in a marriage, you know? Uh, like, I, I just have some standards. Like the fact that, if my wife is 50 years old, you know, like she better be sexy in a bikini. That's, that's just it. I, I require that. I, I don't care how old they are. That is indefinite. Like that's, that is indefinite. 
you know, especially when I've been in sexual relationships with 47 year olds, which look smoking hot in bikinis. It's like, like, what's your excuse? No, no one has any excuse. Not, not in my life. So, but camaraderie at a, at a basic level, other than providing sexual tensions for, uh, within relationships, especially, and I recommend you use decision-making functions, uh, camaraderie really just exists to help people learn and grow. And that's why it creates tension because growing takes pain. You know, it's growth pains, it's growing pains. That, that's another issue. So just be aware of that. Uh, ultimately, it's to help people learn and grow. Um, a lot of people, especially in their relationships, are very enabled, you know, want to be enabled with people that are compatible with them. The problem is, is being enabled or enabling does not exactly uh, help. It's not always the best situation or the best scenario. And I recommend that you like be concerned about having being enabled in your relationships. It can be a serious, serious problem. It can be a good thing, but if you don't have enough challenge in your life, you're gonna live your life in an echo chamber. And regardless if you're a TI user or not, if you're even an FI user, you will be enabled and you will be ignorant as a result. If you don't want to be ignorant, you probably should marry somebody that will provide a lot of challenge to you uh, or at least be in a, sex, uh, a long-term sexual relationship uh, with somebody who will challenge you. Seriously, it's, it's, it's a, an extremely big deal. Um, and the other thing is, is that, you know, a lot of people utilize cognitive uh, projection in their life. And cognitive projection is an extremely annoying, uh, annoying thing because what cognitive projection does, it, um, people just automatically use their brains to figure out, you know, because their subconscious or conscious there, they're trying so hard to find their shadow or find their superego inside of other people consistently. And they're projecting their golden pair on other people, trying to find someone who is compatible with them, someone who is their golden pair, etc., so they can experience those highest highs and those lowest lows. And we're just biologically, psychologically programmed to do this by default. It's called cognitive projection. Our brains are seeking out the people who are the most compatible with us. But our brains don't seek out camaraderie very easily, mostly because when we are around asynchronous people, people who are incompatible with us, guess what happens? Well, there's a lot of pain. Those people make fun of us. Those people bully us. Those people criticize us. Those people challenge us. And our brains just don't like being challenged. We're kind of lazy. We like being in our comfort zone for those SI users. We don't want our freedom, our choices taken away for the NI users. And anyone in our life that makes us uncomfortable, or anyone that may threaten our freedom is somebody that we absolutely just cannot stand. And as much as there's anyone that may potentially cause us to lose reputation or social status, or someone who won't listen to us, or someone who doesn't care about our values or our principles, or someone who calls into question or questions it, we don't want to be questioned. And that's a problem. And that's a problem with our personal growth, etc. So, when it comes to FITE, FI being sympathy, TE being rationale, they are on two sides of the spectrum. And it's really important that FITE users surround themselves with other FITE users in their life. TE users are rational people. Their job is to provide other people or provide anyone in general with input. Input like data. Data and information or factoids. If I'm speaking like David Asprey, you know, uh, like, I don't know, I'm not a fan of David Asprey. Ugh, 
I can't stand that ENFP. But it's it's an issue. It's a, it's a thing. And, you know, like I said, everyone's just trying to be enabled. No one wants to be disabled. But the reality of the situation is, unless you allow yourself to be disabled, you ain't going to grow. You're not going to grow at all. You're not going to grow as a person. So if you want to grow as a person, you need to have people in your life who are going to disable you. Okay? And not enable you. Right? That's where this comes from. That's why it's important. So let's talk about like how FI and TE users are similar, but they are, but also different. So an FI TE user, uh, the, um, um, you know, the FI parent or hero, how they approach life is this. They seek to support their values by weighing any meaningful evidence presented to them. And the TE heroes and the TE parents, what they do is they seek to collect data information to examine existing standards to find values worth adopting. Okay, so you so it's either the value uh, that is you know, and they're trying to find data that supports their value that they already have, or they have, uh, or they're looking at data to see which is valuable and which is not. Okay, that's the difference between an FI parent slash FI hero versus a TE parent versus TE hero. Both of them are FI users. Both of them are TE users. But at the end of the day, they have different priorities. And it's really, really important for FI heroes to be around TE heroes, to be around TE parents, for FI parents to do the same thing, and then vice versa. It's super mega important. The reason why is, is that TE heroes oftentimes challenge the FI heroes and the FI parents and, T and you know, the, the, so that the high TE users, the high rational people, the high rational types, they challenge the FI heroes and parents to be like, hey, it's nice that you have that value, but you can't just cherry pick which data out there you need that fits your already pre-existing values that you just subjectively chosen that that was your value. You need to challenge your ego investment. Oh, wait a minute. That's the purpose of camaraderie, challenging your ego investments. And no one is more ego invested than an FI hero and an FI parent to the point where it is effing annoying. I cannot stand FI heroes and FI parents sometimes because they have their little ego investments, but they're not willing to listen to it. And they're only willing to look at information that already pre-fits their ego investments. And it's so funny when an FI hero and an FI parent accuse everybody else of confirmation bias when it's they themselves who are confirmation biased. This is what TE heroes and parents do to FI heroes and FI parents. They call out the FI heroes and FI parents as, hey, guess what? Guess what? You are confirmation biased. Oh. Oh. But, you know, what's re what really annoys the FI heroes and the FI parents about the TE heroes and the TE parents is that for some reason, the TE heroes and, and the TE parents all think that every one of their problems can be solved with taking a survey. Oh, my God. How many times have we seen Tanya Bordoy or Thomas Began or Amr Tajuddin uh, inside of the C.S. Joseph Facebook group? constantly putting up questions to take a survey because mud TE hero, mud TE parent, just to see what everyone else is thinking before I make a decision. And then like, and it's so funny because to watch the FI heroes and the FI parents be like, wow, really? 
Really? You get to solve all of your value issues with a survey? No. No, you're not. Maybe you should actually like figure out which values you actually care about first instead of trying to allow the group think determine your values for you, TE heroes. TE parents. And of course the high TE users tell the high FI users, well, how dare you be confirmation biased? You know, and then... Uh, and then the uh, and then the high FI users tell the high TE users, well, how dare you, how dare you, uh, how dare you be lazy with taking your little surveys? Surveys like correlation is not causation. That's literally what they're going to say. That's what high FI users tell the high TE users. Correlation is not causation, guys. That doesn't mean you could be making decisions, having standards or developing the standards of these morals or these values, these set standards that you have for your life based off of what? A survey to people inside of a Facebook group? Oh my God, it reminds me of my ex-girlfriend, Andy Andrea. She literally would go to the an INTJ Facebook group and post about ENTPs and what other supposed INTJ women uh, within this INTJ women Facebook group and their relationships with ENTPs just before she decided to, you know, go on a date with me, etc. And then I'm like, wow, what percentage of those people claiming to be the INTJ master race of those women, especially with their solipsism, are actually INTJ women? No, they're not. Even my TE critic realizes that that's stupid and inaccurate. And then all the high FI users out there, the FI heroes and the FI parents would be like, oh my God. Look, look at that person conducting their survey. I'm like, wow, correlation is not causation, especially since all the, because the, the data is just so subjective. And even the high FI users know how subjective the data is. They really do. But then the high DE users say, well, you know, you just have confirmation bias. And it's just constant back and forth between the two of them. Well, guess what? Guess what? That's a good thing. Because that's how FITE users keep each other honest. And might keep each other honest and they're expecting honesty from the other person. It's like, okay. It's like, imagine an ENFP and an INTJ in a relationship. Something I would actually recommend to Andy. Having her sexual relationship with the ENFP, marrying an ENFP. I, I think that would be great for her as a person. Absolutely. Because he's all about his status. He's all about how he feels. And he'd always call her out for her little little surveys and her correlation for causation. But she'd call him out for his uh, confirmation bias. And they just keep each other honest. They keep each other straight. So they're not making dumb decisions on a consistent basis. Yet they still have the highest possible sexual compatibility there. And the sexual tension is always present. The closeness is always present. It's literally the ideal relationship for someone like her. Especially, you know, where given her past and where she's come from. And, uh, you know, the, the businesses that she wants to create in the future. And where she's going uh, in life. And she would have heavy, heavy benefit for, you know, being in a committed relationship with an ENFP man. And he would have heavy benefit as well. Um, not not as much as she would because, you know, let's be honest, um, it's technically not possible for one man to satisfy or one woman to satisfy all the needs of one man. Although masculine idealism of men gets in the way of that. So it doesn't really matter anyway because men can't just help but not love their women and love being, you know, there's no greater love than when a man gives up his life for his beloved 
or uh, you know, love your wife as Christ loved the church, he who gave himself up for her. Masculine idealism is still there. So you, you girls listen to me say that. You don't have to freak out about that because that's why we have masculine idealism to like love our women. It's the reason why, you know, like, for example, according to the prophet Hosea, that God didn't abandon Israel, even though Israel, his woman, cheated on him all the time and was like a total hypergamous hoe with like other gods and goddesses and idols and shit. So there's a reason why, just, you know, from a metaphysical uh, example. Uh, but yeah, um, the bottom line is just that like, camaraderie is so critical camaraderie is so important especially to your sexual relationships not just and obviously you have to have high camaraderie to even be remotely good in a um, in, in a work situation like for example what is the professional golden pair the professional golden pair of an entj well guess what that is the istp they have highest decision making compatibility but they have very, very low perception or even sexual compatibility, obviously, because it's not really necessary for work. It's all about decision-making. You see what I'm saying? Because work is more about decision-making. That way, you know, perceptions are not being enabled. That way they don't miss something when it comes to conducting business. Because it's not like they're conducting sex, they're conducting business. It's completely different. Same thing would go for war, by the way. When fighting war, you want to have the professional compatibility situation. You don't want to have, um, you know, a pedagogue or sexual compatibility as a result. So anyway, folks, this is why that's important. This is kind of how those two functions interact with each other, FI and TE, and how they're actually good for each other from a compatibility standpoint, or from a camaraderie standpoint, even though they are incompatible. Super mega important, folks. So anyway, uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, this is season 25, episode four. I'm CS Joseph. Thanks for watching. And yeah, I'll see you guys tonight. Later.